Good to have you back. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. We're not done yet. We got Mike Clements coming up here in about 15 minutes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, here's here's a, a quick uh, little bit of a newsbreaker is that you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Looks like he is not going to play, not practicing again today with that bad shoulder. And didn't we make our picks uh, thinking Trevor Lawrence was going to play? Yes. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be playing from what I can, uh, what I just gleaned off of the, uh, the, while well, I was sitting here watching the, uh, the crawl on, on the NFL network, it, he's not practicing again today, still nursing that shoulder. So we can just remove that from our picks too, because they're probably going to wait as long as they possibly can before making right. that decision. So we'll just, uh, yeah. unless the Jags win, then we can count it as a win, but otherwise then we, we can, can count it. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> But yeah, it's. Uh, I kind of looked at that and I thought, oh boy, if he's not uh, if he's not playing, holy mackerel, that uh, that may change things a little bit for uh, for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road taking on the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Or, or no, no, excuse me, not that's not this weekend. That's next weekend. Um, this one, who they got this weekend? Uh, they got the Panthers. Oh, you know what? They should be able to beat the Panthers even without even without Trevor Lawrence. To be honest with you, but. I'd still take him. What the hell? Uh, 877-867-1670. This is uh, from Mark. Mark says, after listening to Quay Walker, it seems like he's got some answers, but he just keeps saying we got to do it. So the the next question would be, how come you can't? That's a – I mean, that's a legit take. How come you can't? If you keep saying we just got to go do it, how come you can't? How come it hasn't been successful? That's that's uh, that's a great thought. I mean, huh? I you know that goes back to the argument of is it the players or is it Joe Barry? The combination thereof, the communication between them, you know, all that. I mean, it's just it. You, there's only so much you can say about the defense. Um, when you look at some of the teams that are fighting for for postseason berth, look at it, like take a team like say Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew has Indianapolis in the postseason right now. You know, a, a team that nobody thought would even be relevant, and Gardner Minshew has him as a playoff bound team. Joe Flacco comes in and has the Browns to eleven wins on the season. You know, I. It is such a topsy-turvy world in the world of the NFL. I just, you know, the Eagles are 11 wins, but they can't stand themselves right now because they're not playing good football. The Rams, for what we thought they would be or they wouldn't be, they're right there at 8-7. and seven. Seahawks are the same thing. We kind of figured the Seahawks would be a better team this year. The Vikings, without Kirk Cousins, are a 7-18. and um, You've got the, the Kansas City Chiefs that are efforting for their 10th win of the season. They can get to 11 wins if they win back-to-backs, but they've got Cincinnati coming to town with Joe Browning. And can Browning get over? I mean, he had a horrible game uh, last week. It was It was awful. It was a terrible performance. You're trying to figure things out uh, again after you're getting dump trucked by the Baltimore Ravens as the 49ers go into Washington this weekend. 
Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield, they've got a legitimate shot at getting into the postseason. The Broncos, who were on the verge of possibly getting to the postseason, they're making a change of quarterback. And apparently, uh, now, I just I, I was I read a headline. I didn't get a chance to read the article, but there's there's a headline that says for everything that's gone on in Denver, should Sean Payton and the bombastic way he's been be given a pass? Like people are like, this guy's been a jerk to everybody. Should he even be given a pass for the way he's been? But then again, he turned around a one and five team to put the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, kind of in position to to make a run. I mean, they were one and five. Since then, they're six and three, and the last few games haven't been great. But they're benching they're benching Russell Wilson, and th- then you've got uh, the, the Raiders. Uh, you know, Antonio Pierce has turned the Raiders around. The Raiders all of a sudden become relevant. Uh, they're still thinking they've got a legitimate shot of possibly getting into the postseason. They're going in to take on Indianapolis and Garner Minshew this weekend. You got a really good game on on Sunday at the one o'clock game with the mall, uh, with the Miami Dolphins on the road in Baltimore. And that could be for the top spot in the AFC for the uh, the, the first round bye between those two teams. I mean, it, there, there's a lot of you got the Lions on the road taking on the Cowboys uh, coming up on Saturday night, which is an awesome game. I can't wait for that. So you got a, you got a lot of meaningful football, and you know Buffalo did not look great last week. They're trying to you know, kind of put their emphatic stamp on that division and get themselves into the postseason as well because if the Dolphins should lose, the Bills should win, who knows what can happen in that final week. The Bills could actually end up winning the division. And uh, the Bills are uh, are uh, taking on the Patriots at home this weekend. So a lot of meaningful football going on this weekend uh, throughout the NFL. And I, I'm excited. I know we've got good college football. But I'm excited for everything. It's it's a football-centric weekend. There's no doubt about it. Going all the way, wrapping all the way around to really Tuesday before we come back on the air. But I'm I'm looking forward to the weekend big time. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Dustin listening to us in Chippewa Falls. Dustin, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Great, Bill. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Hey, I want to give my take on the uh, Packers' defensive woes, really, over the last 20 years. Okay. And I'm thinking that the issue may possibly lie within scouting for the defensive front for the Packers. When I look at the list of first-round picks taken over the last 20 years, there's one guy that stands out, and that's Clay Matthews. And the rest of them are just, you know, Maybe some good players, but not great players. Right. I'd just like to hang up and uh, hear your take on that. No, I appreciate it. I mean, if you go back to the last time they had a really smash-you-in-the-mouth dominant defense, that's probably 96. I mean, that's that was the last time they had a smash-you-in-the-mouth, beat-you-up defense. Uh, even when they won it in 2010 with Charles Woodson and company, they were an opportunistic defense but they weren't a smash-you-in-the-mouth defense. They did get after it, don't get me wrong. And they were able to, you know, create havoc and Clay Matthews crashing down when he was healthy. Uh, that was the best year of, you know, A.J. Hawk's career. Uh, but remember, they went through a ton of, uh, of outside linebackers because of injury, and their defensive backfield was, was stellar with Woodson back there, and then you had Nick Collins back there. 
Uh, you had um, Tremont Williams back there. Sam Shields was back there. Both of those guys were really young. And then they got after it up front. And that was probably the last time you could look at a, a defensive front of the Green Bay Packers. That was just they could, they could crash the quarterback and they could stymie the run. You know, led by Ryan Pickett in the middle as a true nose tackle. So that was that. But prior to that, I'd go back to almost 96 and say that was the last time they had this dominant defense. You know? That that would be it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, yeah, you can talk about Fritz Shermer. I mean, you, you know, Dom Capers that year and the year prior had a pretty good defense. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. But they their their turnover ratio was so high because they were forcing fumbles. They were picking a ball off. They had guys in the secondary, including, you know, Charles Woodson was the defensive player of the year that year. Because they they had good hands, they had the ability to to create turnovers and give the keep giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers in that offense, which was a juggernaut at that point. So that was probably the last time it was truly, um, I don't want to say dominant, but was just really good on both sides. A very balanced, complementary football team. But prior to that, boy. That's you could almost pick one or two out and just say, man, they were probably a little bit better. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, Clay Matthews was decent. He was not great. Clay Matthews, when he was healthy, was really good. Uh, was he, you know, was he, was he great? Yeah. Uh, great as a, an overused term, I think, but he was he was really good. He was really good. But when he was healthy, when he had that nagging hamstring, man, he always would lo- lose a step, and he was always a step behind. But Clay Matthews not only could crash the quarterback, he could drag down ball carriers from the opposite side of the field. I mean, he was he was he was that that good, that talented, that fast, you know. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. And when we do, uh, our guy, Mike Clements is going to be here. We'll talk with Mike about, uh, you know, obviously all the different aspects of this upcoming game this coming weekend. If you are still looking for that something for somebody who's got the need for speed, that's our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Great Lakes Dragaway. Call them 262-302-2138. 2024 season passes on sale right now. GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com or call them 262-302-2138. Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. We're going to come back. Mike Clemens going to join us. Coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. 
That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Kala offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Hello, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends Minnesota. Uh, it's bad enough the Packers have had to deal with some, some things. Uh, their quarterback issue in Minneapolis has not been good. Joining us now is Mike Clemens on the hotline. And uh, Kevin O'Connell had to uh, had to make a tough decision, Mike. And I don't know what that bodes well or not for the Green Bay Packers, but uh, at least they're going to be facing a different face this time. Yeah, after the Packers uh, lost to the Vikings here at Lambeau Field Halloween weekend, then the Vikings had to make that trip to Atlanta against the Falcons like the Packers had a couple of weeks before that, uh, they ended up winning the game 31-28. But this Jaron Hall, their fifth-round pick, and, you know, maybe possible quarterback of the future, at least a backup quarterback for Kirk Cousins, um, he got clobbered. Uh, and so then, as they said, they went with Dobbs. Remember, you know, the stories about Dobbs when he got that start. He'd, uh, he, you know, they just brought him in from the Cardinals, and he was like introducing himself in the huddle didn't know mm-hmm. any of the plays right. or talking through the whole game. And he was like on the Today Show the next day. But, you know, like a lot of these guys, they play a couple of games and then they, they tend to flame out. And so then they go to Nick Mullins, who ends up, was it three picks or four picks? 400 yards offense. So uh, I found this interesting, Bill. This happened last night um, that the Vikings kind of called for sort of an emergency press conference instead of, you know, lighting up their media auditorium and all that. Uh, the head coach came out last evening and talked to you know some radio and TV people and a couple reporters there uh, to talk about what the quarterback situation was going to be Sunday night to try and keep the Vikings alive in the wild card chase. I uh, just wanted to update uh, you guys as we've kind of gone through the week and, and really feel good about our process and our plan for the game. Jaron Hall will uh, start the football game. Um, you know, going back and, and really looking at some of the things he did in his short time out there. Uh, against Atlanta. I was unfortunate when he got dinged up. Um, and now that he's healthy, he's had a few great weeks of preparation and uh, look forward to seeing um, what Jaron can do. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of reasons why we brought Jaron here, uh, you know, having to do with his ability and, 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 and what we look forward to seeing come to life on Sunday night. Um, I also want to just say I thought uh, Nick Mullins, you know, as explosive as we were on, on, as an offense, his ability to you know, help us get 24 points back-to-back games. 
um, you know, he knows, and they had a great conversation with both those guys throughout the week, a lot of dialogue, but um, we have to maintain possession of the football, and uh, the turnover margin uh, has been well talked about all season long, and, uh, you know, just felt like at this time, uh, given Jaron, you know, a full week of preparation and a clear-cut mindset on the game plan, um, you know, I'm excited to see what Jaron can ultimately do. How tough a decision was this? Um, you know, it's the hard part is it's, you know, can't, you're really looking at it as an inventory of each individual play on its own, where Nick Mullins did a lot of really good things. Um, and the, the comfort he has in our offense came to life in a lot of different ways, being able to beat a lot of different coverage variations, especially last week with how J.J. was the def- Mike, uh, you know, with Jared Mullen, Jared Mullins taking over, I mean, you, you know, the Packers have a little bit of tape on this guy, but you're talking about yet another mobile quarterback, you know? Yeah, that's what uh, is the word on this kid, at least when they drafted him. Joe Barry says the Packers only have about 70 snaps on him from either preseason or the snaps that he took during the regular season, so not a lot of information there. But, and, and, you know, I didn't realize, too, that when he, he, he really got hit hard uh, in that game down the line against the Falcons because he missed the next two games. I mean, he talked about, you know, he had a fog for a couple of weeks, which is, and I think Mullins was also injured at the same period, too, which is why they were in an emergency mode to bring in a guy like Dobbs from an outside team like the Cardinals. So they brought in Jaron Hall last night, and he was asked, you know, is this, this is probably not the way you wanted to take over as a starting quarterback, right? No, you know, it's, there's a process for everybody, you know. Um, you just got to take every opportunity you're given. Uh, for me, you know, being on practice squad and, and giving our defense a look every day the last couple weeks has been great. Uh, that's been my Sunday game, you know. But within that, you're always preparing because you never know when this is going to happen. So never a worry. Um, you just trust the process. You've obviously been in U.S. Bank Stadium now and experienced kind of the atmosphere there. What are you looking forward to just about being able to start at home? Yeah, just being around our fans. Um, you know, it's always special being in a home game. Uh, be my first one to actually play and be out there in the preseason. The preseason, it was amazing. Um, you know, it was fun. So to see it when it's, you know, truly packed out for the regular season, it'll be, it'll be awesome. Jaron, how do you avoid the uh, or manage the turnovers that have killed this team? Yeah, you know, just, just play within yourself. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different reasons why turnovers happen, fumbles, interceptions, whatever it is. Everyone that's played the game has succumbed to that at one point or another. Um, and you just focus on it all week. Um, and you just try to be better at it. You know, Mike, uh, the one thing that we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks is communication for the Green Bay Packers. You are now going into a place that is deafening. And you got to wonder if we're going to hear this as an excuse at the end of the game again of, oh, well, communication really loud. It's going to be a tough place to play. The reality is, and especially in that first quarter, uh, you, you know, you can't, you can't hear someone that's standing right next to you. I mean, you have to yell into their ear. And forget about Jordan Love, who at least has been in that building, you know, watching for the last couple of years. But think about Tucker Craft from, you know, a town in South Dakota, population 500. I mean, this is going to be the loudest venue this, that dude's ever been in. And if he, he lines up wide, there's going to be a lot of hand signals. And I talked to LaFleur about that. And as he told these young guys, listen, this may be the loudest venue you've ever played in or been in. Uh, absolutely. I think this is one of the best venues to, to go play a football game in. Uh, their fans are very supportive of the home team, and uh, they do a great job of, um, you know, making it chaotic for the opposing team, especially for opposing offenses. That's something that we, we've stressed, we've shown. You see it on, on their tape. 
you know, whether it's delay of game penalties, false starts, just that sense of urgency that you have to have in order to be able to operate, especially with when you combine that with some of the looks they give defensively, uh, there's going to be adjustments. So you, you got to make it a priority to, to get lined up to give yourself a chance to even make any adjustment. I, I think I speak for every Packers fan when you think about a guy that uh, doesn't have a lot of tape, the Packers are going to see for the first time, and it's kind of like facing a pitcher for the first time because you, you always make that guy look like Cy Young and or Johnny Unitas because <laughs> the, last three quarter, the last three quarterbacks who DeVito was not supposed to be much of anything, Bryce Young, who's had a terrible year, Obviously, Baker Mayfield's been around, but still, I mean, you know, it's Baker Mayfield, and they all look like they're unbelievable starting quarterbacks. I think it's a fear that this guy's going to come in, and they're not going to have a good book on him, and he's going to just start running all over the place, making throws, and make this guy look like, again, Johnny Unitas, you know? Yeah, you know, Tommy DeVito in New York, too. Remember with the agent with the Father yeah. Guido Serducci hat, you know, and exactly. all those characters? And he's already been benched. You know, even after that Giants game, I thought it was interesting that Brian Dable was like, you know, yeah, he did a good job today. You know, like, simmer down, simmer down. Mike Sherman did that one time when Sam Cano, Sam Congato was having a great right. three or four games as a running back in 2005. He said, give it some time. And then, sure enough, five, six weeks later, uh, he came back down to earth. So LaFleur was said, you know, what about your defense? Because uh, how, how do you make sure that Joe Barry in that defense doesn't make this Jaron Hall another superstar yeah i mean and then you you combine the fact that he's got really good players around him i think they've got a really good offensive line when when they've been running the ball effectively just all the weapons they have in the passing game it does make it a challenge so i think it's important that you, you try to give some looks that maybe he has a little bit tougher time processing in order to hopefully make him make a mistake but I think it's going to be absolutely imperative that we do a good job of trying to limit his ability to make plays off schedule outside the pocket and that's something I think he does exceptionally well. Mike uh, here's the question because we know Jair's not playing so what who is going to be the guy that gets the opportunity to cover on a consistent basis Justin Jefferson? No, it'll be I think Carrington Valentine, the rookie, comes back in. I don't I don't know if if he's going to have Stokes shadow him or not, uh, but they've got some good receivers too. I mean, KG Osborne's pretty good. Addison, if he's able to play, he, he's given a lot of teams trouble. He's been great out of the gate. And then of course it's JJ, it's Justin Jefferson, who is the really the franchise, the face of the franchise, up in Minnesota when you're up there on the cover of the media guide and all that, and so. You know, the thing is, Joe Barry's got this thing where he, you know, he tends to like zoom in on Mike Evans, and then the Buccaneers move him around, and then you know it's Chris Godwin who ends up getting ten catches, or Saquon Barkley. You know, we spy on him against the Giants, and then the quarterback is running past you. So Lafleur is asked, "What does the defense do about Justin Jefferson? Are you going to double team him the whole game?" I think you can, but what is the cost? You know, there's always going to, the more people you put on him, it opens up others. And they've got a lot of other talented players that obviously like Addison is, is a problem, Osborne. So they got a lot of guys. Um, losing Hawkinson's a big deal because he's been really, really productive over the last two years that he's been there. And um, But just when you take one thing away, it opens up a hole somewhere else. So... 
I think, you know, you just got to be calculated in your opportunities to try to try to take him out. Mike, real quick, before we go to break, I want to ask you um, the fact that they're getting some guys back offensively speaking. So the weaponry is coming back, which for the Packers is good. Has that that feeling of like what the hell's going on up here? Has that kind of left the locker room over the last couple of days? Is it back to business as usual? I can't tell you until Sunday night, and that's something I want to get into about what the hell's going on with the defense right now. Right. Because they're not talking okay. to us. Right. Okay. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. i uh, got Mike Clemens on the line with us. And uh, hang in there. We've got a whole lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable. And uh, they are great for an overnight family stay. The Bay Family Restaurant's open, featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. They're right there on South Military Avenue. Call them today. Reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. More of the Bill Michael Show with Mike Clemens coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Past years, we voted for captains, and this year we took a different approach to try to allow everybody to kind of have a voice when given that opportunity and empower those people when given those opportunities. And like I said, we, we rotate a lot of guys through. Welcome back. The words of Matt LaFleur there. Certainly appreciate it. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at One Collision. One Collision, right there in Menominee Falls. One Collision, and you can find their stuff uh, by calling them 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. One Collision County Line in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, and they did a fantastic job in my vehicle. I mean, I hope you never need them, but if you do and you're looking for a body shop that not only does great work but also keeps you informed every step of the way, that's One Collision County Line, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, 262-251-1700, 262 262- Two five one seventeen hundred. Give him a shout again. Two six two two five one seventeen hundred. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline, and Mike, uh, you know, obviously Matt Lafleur talking about uh, you know things that are going on right now. And as you had mentioned, you know what is going on behind the scenes right now, defensively speaking, because this team there's a lot of question marks, and we know Joe Barry spoke, but nobody else really is, you know. Yeah, uh, and Lafleur was talking to us about team captains, and it's something that kind of dawned on me in the last couple of weeks. Uh, toward the end of training camp, uh, some of the writers, they kind of have a grocery list of, you know, topics and ideas, you know, like by Labor Day. Okay, who's – is the voting started yet? Who's going to be the team captains? And, you know, to me, sometimes I think it's, you know, grown men and their team captains, which means you got to be out there for the toss. You know, I mean, maybe you got to make a couple of pregame speeches during the course of the year. Whatever. But uh, you get a C. I don't know. Maybe you get a little bonus check to in your contract if you're named team captain. Whatever. It's a little like Boy Scouts. Well, on the other hand, hey, if you've never been a team captain and if you're one of the captains of the week and you get to go out there in a coin toss, you know, that's that could be a once in a lifetime deal. And that could mean something to somebody. And so, right. you know, here's the thing. The reason LaFleur, in the years past, he would have these team elections and then, you know, veterans would be named Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby and whatnot. Um, I think he got to the end of camp and said, I don't know who the leaders are. 
There's too many young players. Yeah. Half these guys may not be here by October, right? Why do right. I need they have a team captain that you know, may not even be here? Right. So he played coy about it, and just and once we got into the season, it's like I'll I'll decide who the team captains are. And one of the things he said, Bill, was it's not, and it's not necessarily because of what you did last week or in last week's game. It also could be based on merit, like you're improving. You know, you've done certain things on or off the field. That you know the, the the coach you know or the GM appreciate whatever. So under that guise, I I it starts to dawn on me. I'm looking around now. You have this you know, sort of crisis. The Jair Alexander does his stunt where he runs out on the field. He's got a lot of family and friends in the stands. Uh, he calls uh, tails. It, it is tails, and then he tells the refs, you know, I want our defense on the field instead of saying we defer. You either say we defer or we receive. If right. you defer, that means. We want to receive in the second half. That's what you do when you defer. And he could have screwed it up for that Carolina game had Lafleur not talked to the refs before the coin toss, and and that whole situation. So that was the last straw. That was the last straw. And uh, some other things that have gone on that we discussed in the show uh, Wednesday night, and you've talked about during the week. Uh, they, they finally, after the Christmas Day on. Monday and another day off on Tuesday. When Jire came in on Monday on Wednesday morning, it's like uh, Goody and uh, Matt want to see you, and they closed the door and said, "Look, we need a leader back there, and you can't be this Joker clown guy. So we're gonna you're gonna take this week off, and then we'll we'll re- we'll try again next week. And and as you you know, there's no Tremont, you know, there's there's no Charles mm-hmm. Woodson guy in there right right now, and. and and you know the last leader they had, Bill, was Rasul Douglas, and they traded him. Yeah. You know, so they don't yeah. have a vocal guy in there. So Joe Barry comes in there, and we say, you know, your defense gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. You know, you made a star out of Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield, and and then even Bryce Young had his best quarter, made him look dangerous last week. Uh, what are you going to do this week with this Jalen Hall kid? You know, I, I told the defense this. Um, you know, they had Monday and Tuesday off, so the you know, first first time we saw them was on Wednesday. I thought for 53 minutes we played, you know, very well. Um, but the last seven minutes of the game, you know, we give up two crucial third downs, you know, have a couple penalties that, that hurt us. Um, but I thought, you know, up until then um, – you know, right about that seven-minute mark when it was, you know, thirty to sixteen, um, I, I thought we we flew around and played pretty well. You know, Mike, uh, and he can say that they played pretty well. Okay, great, but they really, in all honesty, they really didn't. And now you've got to wonder what they're going to do this week because we were just talking about Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell and company and the 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 middle linebacking play not being great so you got to kind of wonder what he's going to do this week with the middle linebacker specifically against a young quarterback do they run him around do they rush him do they hang him back what are they going to do with these guys that have not necessarily played great this season um here's here's the thought about this is that first of all Joe Barry with that well you know we we won the game 53 minutes in you know, right. which is another one of those losing coach NFL things. Like, you know, if we could yep. just have those five plays back, you know, one of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. On the other side of the coin, look what Joe Barry's been given to work with. 
I mean, he was told, all right, you're going to have Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas at the start of the season. And then Eric Stokes will be back, and we can help you there. And, yeah, we got a bunch of kids back there. And we know that, you know, we got Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage back there at safety. But, you know, we we, we think this will get you through. Well, he, got, he had to play with Ballantyne and a rookie, Carrington Valentine, and they won four out of five games because Jair's missed three games with the back, six weeks with the shoulder, right? right. And he's, he's still keeping you in some of these games, except the back-to-back losses and dumb-looking schemes against the Giants and not making adjustments against the Buccaneers. And now it's, it's fired Joe Barry time. And the other thing that he's really missing is when we talk about that leadership, Devondre Campbell is that guy. He's really intense. And I said to Joe, you know, you even said, I, I need Devondre Campbell so bad because all my linebackers are so young. Quay Walker in his second year and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Campbell's been around. And now he's missed most of the season with this ankle and now this next stinger. So I said to Joe, you know, how much have you missed the leadership of Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, two guys who say we're like brothers the way we play together? this season so long, so far? You know, um, a lot. I mean, first and foremost. Um, I, I, I do want to, I'll answer that specifically, but I do want to give praise to, you know, Isaiah McDuffie's done a, done a great job when either one of those guys have been out. Um, Eric Wilson even at times has gone in and done a, a great job for us. But, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, Dre and Quay, um, I think that falls into you can make the same thing, you know, with our secondary. You know, it's I talk about consistency a lot and guys being able to play together and gel and come together week in and week out, day in and day out. Um, that consistency is built and you know, especially from an inside linebacker position, you know, specifically what you're saying, there's there's a there's a comfort and there's a consistency that takes place when the guy to your right is all the same and the guy to your left is always the same. And um, that's created through time with just building reps. And, um, you know, Dre relays on, relies on Quay for certain things and vice versa. You know, Quay relies on Dre. And um, it's, it's, it breaks my heart for him because I know how bad he wants to be out there. And I know how bad he wants to play. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll continue to heal and, and get better and we, we can get that. But, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's been a big thing, I think, for, for both guys, um, not having that, that consistent partner next to you consistently. Yeah, the, uh, the linebacking core, Mike, has left a little bit to be desired. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's criticism because Quay Walker being a top draft choice and, and not having the massive impact that everybody feels he should, going all the way back to the impact that they felt that A.J. Hawk should have had. I mean, they, they, they have never had, and as far as I've been here, a, a guy that can pound it like, say, a Ray Lewis type of player. They haven't had that Hall of Famer that can smash the middle, and Erlocker's been there down in Chicago. We've seen big-time linebackers. We just haven't had the consistency in, in, uh, in Green Bay. Here's another thing. I want to ask listeners right now. I'm going to ask them a question that I don't expect them to be able to answer. Who's David Long Jr.? Who's David Long Jr.? Who is who is Zane Anderson? What does he do for the Green Bay Packers? Or Christian Welsh? Robert Rochelle? These guys are all a heartbeat away now from having to cover Justin Jefferson or Addison or their right. running game. 
These are, this is what Joe Barry's working with. That's on the back end of his secondary at safety, at corner, and one of those guys is, you know, a, a linebacker. So think about that. Now, Quay Walker is going to be able to play. He's missed a lot of time. I went to him and I said, listen, about three weeks ago, Devondre, before he had that tweet that he was angry and he's out now a second week with his neck injury, that we'll put that in quotes, I said, Devondre said, he, you're like his brother. You're like warriors together, how how well you play together. And I, I asked him for his reaction uh, that, you know, he called Quay like a fellow warrior at, at inside linebacker. Uh, I'd be smart when I asked him that. Uh, Any time I played with him, I felt like he gave me more confidence just by him being a guy with a ton, like a ton of experience or whatever the case may be. And uh, that was it, I'll say. He just gave me a ton of confidence lining up beside him, just getting prepared and everything like that. Stokes trying to distract me. My bad, y'all. Come on. Craig, do you feel like the defense needs to make a statement in this game? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to go out here and play with a lot of physicality, hold guys up, um, get off the field on third downs. That's one thing we can do. And, uh, capitalize, get turnovers. It's easy for me to say that, but we actually have to do that on Sunday. So, so yeah, I'll say. You can know, I the stop one thing, the, Mike. I, yeah, go you ahead. hear something there? He said, yes. um, I got to be smart about this. And then he said, okay, anytime I played with him, past tense. Yeah. Huh. Something might be going on there. Right. Now, now let's turn the corner here. You know, so, so Joe Barry with his 53 minutes and that, and there's another thing Joe Barry did. Is I just gave everybody the, our too deep chart, our too deep, yeah. That's a, when we talk about all the second stringers you need to study up for the Vikings. And it's like, you know. Joe, everybody's got one of those, don't you know? He comes in some of these press conferences was like, "Whoa, I bet you guys don't know we've got a two D chart." Everybody does. Well, here's Rich Basaccia. Here's the difference. Here's the guy who's the assistant head coach, and you know you could lay it on him if you've been watching these Packer games on TV the last couple of weeks. They keep on saying Green Bay Packers special teams leading the league in penalties, and they added a couple of more last week against Carolina. So Basaccia, listen to him break this down on why the Packers special teams lead the league in penalties? Yeah, great question. I think the penalties kind of go in, they kind of go in categories. I think the first one would be, you know, concentration penalties, false starts, um, uh, offsides, uh, maybe on offense. And, and um, uh, you, you catch a guy on, they catch us on a, a head bob on putt return, or, you know, they, they kind of go in those focus concentration categories. And the next category is fundamentals and technique, or you, you, you block a guy in the back, or you hold a guy with your hands on the outside of the framework of your body. And those are things we can coach and we can correct. And then the third one would be, you know, selfish penalties, where you throw a punch, or um, you hit a guy late, or you tackle a guy out of bounds, or you're just not doing it correctly. So I think to some degree, they're all correctable. Um, to your point, I think some of them were maybe misaligned call-wise. Some of them were definitely penalties on, in our problem with uh, poor fundamentals, some poor technique, some of those things. I think we really only had one selfish penalty where we kind of wanted to talk back to an official and it cost us 15 yards. So um, I think the penalties we've had uh, are correctable, and I'd like to think that we're moving in the right direction. You know, So I think the good part for us in that game was there was two called against them you know, on their kickoff return team, and forcing two penalties is a, is a good thing too. One of the things, Mike, that we have not seen is Keyshawn Nixon, special teams-wise, he has not been the same returner as we witnessed last year. No, but, you know, I'm satisfied by Basach's 
original way of breaking down that problem and what areas he can, how he can fix it, right? And because, like, if you ask Rashawn Gary, how come Tommy DeVito was able to run for, you know, as many yards as Saquon Barkley? I don't know. I got to look at the film. But when you ask Rich, when you ask Keyshawn Nixon, why is he having trouble breaking some of the kickoff returns this year like he did last year? He gives you a reason why. He also says, and it's also because my coach has broken this down for me. Honestly, I don't, I don't get the same looks I got last year. You know, uh, a lot of teams don't send everybody when I go kick return. They, a lot of people like leave their ones off late when I break it. So it's like it's not as easy as it is last year. But the, the scheme is a scheme. Uh, we gonna scare them no matter what. Uh, nobody wanna really kick us the ball, especially not head to head. Let us do what we wanna do. So we just Rich just do a good job of just trying to game plan and figure out what good call is gonna be for that one. And then last year it was just the right call. It just hit. And sometimes it don't hit, and sometimes it do. But it's, a, it's all, at the end of the day, it's not on me. It's not on the blockers. It's just you got to be one unit at one time. I think we're still waiting to find out what the, uh, what the result is going to be with no Jair, the discipline that was taken. It seems like there's things going on inside that locker room that are much, much deeper than just football at this point. And I found one guy, Bill, in that locker room that actually made a statement. when I, I asked four or five guys, what do you think about Jair? Yeah, I don't want to go there. Jordan Love, I asked him, what's Jair Alexander like as a teammate? Yeah, I think Ja, um, you know, he has a unique personality, um, but I think Jair is a great teammate. I mean, I think he always has, um, you know, the right interest in his heart. Wow, it happened there. Uh, yeah, the something com- happened there. <laughs> the computer lagged out for a sec. Sorry computer about that, guys. locked up. Okay, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> we'll come back on that after uh, it sounded like he's he a robot. He's a robot. He's, he's a bot. That's why he's a bot. Uh, they don't. It's Red China invading us again. Now let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. A whole lot more wrapping things up with Mike Clemens coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Getting ready to close things out. We have our guy, Mike Clemens, on hand as we wrap things up. And, uh, Mike, you know, um, I, I don't know if we had a bumper here or not. Are we missing something? Oh, that, uh, My computer okay. is. I'm, uh, I apologize to both of you. I'm, I'm flying dark back here. The computer took a dump. Okay. So, oh, the computer took a dump. Sorry about that, fellas. Well, maybe we'll do it on Monday or something like that. Um, what I yeah. did, Bill, I was just kind of digging around the archives and I, you know, there's a bunch of this stuff on the internet when you log in every day. Do you get this, like, JFK conspiracies and podcasts on who killed JFK? Yeah, you see some yeah, of that stuff on stuff, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, come on, man. You know, and but there's there was this weekend will be the anniversary of the Ice Bowl on Sunday. So instead of you know a noon game here at Lambeau Field in the South End Zone, just outside the door here, in my little media office underneath the bleachers. Um, where it was 13 degrees and Bart Starr making the quarterback sneak. Uh, we're going to be up in Minneapolis in, in a place they could have only dreamed of, you know, right. back in the 60s, indoor, warm, you know, that uh, knucklehead uh, skull guy, the Viking up there in the, in the noise, right. you know, but good for good for temperatures. Uh, but I found some of this audio. Maybe we'll play it next week 
where you know a lot of the consp- they they thought that Vince Lombardi when he put that what he called the electric blanket the heating system underneath the field mm-hmm. that they left the tarp on that, that made that field like intentionally icy and and Lee Remmel the longtime you know PR director but then a reporter covering the team for the Press Gazette he told me no Lombardi was nervous all week because the forecast was going to be sub-zero, and he didn't quite know what to do with that situation. He just thought, well, we got that electric blanket out there. That'll keep. The, this is why we installed that, so the field won't freeze. Well, they put a tarp on it, and it ended up turning into an ice rink, and that all happened. Right. And I found some of these clips where you hear Lombardi four or five days before the game worried about it, and that's exactly what had happened. The other thing, too, is that what you hear in some of these clips, you know how Matt LaFleur will be generous with us and sometimes talk for 15 or 20 minutes, you'd be lucky to get a three-minute interview post-game out of Vince Lombardi. Yes, no, yeah. well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to look at that, you know. <laughs> he was not right. a very nice man when it came to the media. Yeah, you know, Mike, and uh, I've said that before, we do get good time with Matt LaFleur. I mean, I know that a lot of coaches have to spend the time now via the NFL, but you, you do, I mean, for people that want to rip it, it, you do, you know, we're pretty lucky to get that kind of time with them. Yeah, learn about the game, learn about the situations. And, you know, if you're a smart coach, um, you know, that that's what your fans are looking for. It's like, well, you know, they, they want to they coach and play along with you. It just makes, the you know, the game that much more interesting. And for some of us, it keeps us employed. <laughs> Yes, it does. That's for sure. Mike, great stuff. Enjoy Minneapolis. We will talk to you after the game on Sunday night, okay? Thank you, Bill. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to everybody. We hope to see a Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews coming up on Sunday night for the Packer Watch Party and the Green and Gold Postgame Show. Grant, have a great show, man. Enjoy uh, enjoy playing the guitar and ringing in the New Year, pal. Yeah, have a great New Year. I'll talk to you next year, Bill. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you next year, next Tuesday. <laughs> That's it. Until then, time for us to go. Have a go. Tup! <laughs>